Nick, you're back on social media now. I'm back on social media now. Which also means you have attended the Chromatica Ball. How was it? It was so fun. I, you also kind of attended the Chromatica Ball, but like, Bad Bunny. Should I tell the Before, story? You have to tell the story. I don't know how you can't yes. tell the story. So remember when I said I was going to get there at 9 a.m. and then I said I was going to get there at 7 a.m. the day of the show and you were like, you pushed it up a little. And I was like, yeah, that was on our last episode. Um, I pushed it up a lot. I you, Well, you said you were going to take a half day Thursday. You took all of Friday off. The concert yes. was on Friday. Yes. And I was like, why are you taking? You're like, I'm just going to prepare. I'm just going to prepare. I'm like, you're right. crazy I was gonna for like, preparing. Yeah, I was going to get my hair cut, which I did. And, like, glue the rhinestones or whatever they're called, the studs to my shorts, um, which I never ended up really doing. Um, But on my way home from my haircut, I got a text from my friend Matt, who I met at Enigma. I've mentioned him on the show before, saying people were already lining up. This was Thursday afternoon. It was, like, 3 o'clock. And I was like, are you kidding me? Enigma is Lady Gaga's uh, Las Vegas residency. You know me so well. Um, I was like, are you kidding me? Because I did not want to, like, I was like, I need a good spot for the early entry GA pit. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'll go down there. And you and Lauren happened to be going to dinner that night. We um, I still owe you $10, but we'll get to that part of the story. Um, I, you? yeah. I thought you already, I don't know. Keep going. Maybe okay. I already did. I, maybe I already did. I don't know. But, um, Oh, you just missed no, an opportunity no, to get more. No, I. Oh no, I requested it on Splitwise. That's why. I yes, and then I couldn't figure out how to use Splitwise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll but talk I have about an account that now. Off air. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I asked Lauren. I don't think she really knew either. Um, but so, anyways, you were in Boston eating dinner, so I was like, I'm just gonna go see if I can get my number and leave. Um, and Lauren then suggested you can, that I could stay at her apartment, offered for me to stay at her apartment because she's close to Fenway. And then I wouldn't have to like go all the way home and then go all the way back to Fenway the next morning for the show. Um, so I got in line and they, I got my number. I was 27th in line to go to the show. Let me just share that there were close to 40,000 people attending the show. And it was the highest attended show at Fenway ever and the highest paid. Um, but so I got in line and they were like, are you camping out with us? And I was like, I lied and said I was. Um, and they were like, okay. I was like, can you leave the line? And they're like, only for like two to three hours at a time. So I was like, oh no. So enter you and Lauren who brought me dinner at like 9.30, 9.45 at night. Um, after you got out of dinner, I ended up not going with you. Um, and that's why I owed you $10 because there was a ticket to a comedy show that I did not get to see, um, but you had paid for for me. So I sent you that, or I will send you that. Um, but I stayed, this is how I evaded camping. I did camp out. I stayed till 2.45 in the morning with now 27 of my closest friends, um, who you met, a lot of them. Yeah. They were some of the coolest people and kindest people. We had so much fun. Um. I left at 2.45, went to Lauren's apartment, slept till 5.45, got up, changed, got to the venue at 6 in the morning Friday, um, and I waited in line until the show, which they let us in around, I would say, 6. Yeah, they let us into the venue at 6, and I did get the barricade. I was holding, I was front row barricade. Um, just a little bit to the right. I was, she had two runways, one on each side of the stage and they went straight out and I was in between those two. So that was cool. Um, and everything about the show was shocking. Like I could not have predicted any of that except for her closing with hold my hand. I did predict that. What do you mean by shocking? Um, it was very dark. The stage, I don't know if I told you this yet, but the stage was called, in her words, uh, the Museum of Brutality. Um, And it was designed with brutalist architecture in mind, and it essentially was a torture chamber. Um, It was very dark. Her hair was blonde, which I wasn't expecting. I thought it was going to be pink. It just didn't have the Chromatica aesthetic that she used for the entire rest of the album. Um, she opened with Bad Romance, which she's never opened with a song that isn't from the current album on tour, so that was surprising. Um, 
the first three songs, Bad Romance, Just Dance, and Poker Face, she literally stood still for, like, in this, like, machine-type outfit that she couldn't move in, and it was kind of, like, um, like, symbolizing being trapped, I guess, um, which I could, you know, dig into that a bunch, but I won't because that's not what this episode is about, um, and then she did Alice Fourth, which she trigger warning for those that don't know she was sexually assaulted um at a young age uh and that trauma has stayed with her so during Alice it was like right after the um like in the story of the show right after that event and in the show she gets tranquilized um not literally but after poker face she's like up on a balcony for the whole thing and you just hear like the three like tranquilizer darts and she just kind of like passes out and then it goes dark and then the chromatica one which segues into alice starts playing it was a really good show and i've never seen her she was so focused and i haven't seen her that happy to be on stage in at least 10 years Mm. She also yeah. said she's she's never been or she she doesn't she said the last time I was in um this little pain it was ages ago so wow she did such a good job like everything she hit every dance move every note she she sang some deep cuts that I wasn't expecting um she did a lot of chromatica aside from sign from above rip Ryan Tedder and rip me cuz I was expecting that uh, or I was excited for that. And Plastic Doll, another rip me moment because those two songs are in my top five on Chromatica. But Yeah, but it sounds like it was a good show. It was. We literally locked eyes during Enigma, like the the song. And I thought of you because you like that song. Um, and I, I looked at the girl. you me during it or something or afterwards. Did I? <laughs> I yeah. I don't know, maybe. maybe I had yeah, well, I looked at the girl next to me and I was like, she just looked directly at us. Like, we just locked eyes. But the girl couldn't hear me because it was so loud. Yeah. Um, but then, so I followed a bunch of them on Twitter that I met. And she posted a picture. And it was like, I swear to God, she's looking right at me here. And it was the moment from Enigma, the song. And I was like, I, I literally messaged, like, responded to the tweet. And was like, I tried to tell you this. I could have sworn. It was like a, we locked eyes. Yeah. It was towards the end of the show. Um, but yeah, it was all really, really good. Um. Good. Highlights, Alice. Uh, I loved seeing 911 live, Rain on Me live. It was so good. She sang Monster, which is a deep cut. And Always Remember Us This Way from A Star Is Born, which was also shocking. That's a really good one. I really like that song. I mean, every, obviously everyone knows Shallow, but I have two right. songs from A Star Is Born in my like library of songs. And that one and Shallow are the two. Those really are the like. two she sang. Um, and she sang it on the B stage, so she was far away from me at that point, because um, the B stage was, like, on the other side of the stadium. But she dedicated it to fans, and she was like, I want to remember us not just for the good times, but, you know, all of the difficult ones, too. And I was like, Gaga, you shouldn't have. Were you, were you brought to tears at all? I'm no, sure I don't. you were emotional, but were you brought to... No, because I don't cry because I'm on medication. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> that's the honest truth. But... I was sweating like by the third song when she was like dance when she was like jump I was like can we just put our hands up I am so like I was soaking because you were standing and camping out for so long too I'm sure your legs and feet and body were just yeah also the pyro was no joke like the pyro fans in line warned me about the pyro being really really hot like people thought they were gonna felt like they were gonna pass out because it was really high up someone actually brought a piece of toast as a joke (laughs) um and held up bread in the first picture and then the toast and it was like the pyro toasted the bread let's toast this bread (laughs) yeah yeah that's um but yeah overall it was an awesome experience i got my hoodie um and i was very you really wanted a uh, boston stop i did yes i just saw the dallas one actually my friend matt is in line right now and the dallas one has white writing with blue chromatica and it's um not as good as the boston one i'm not gonna lie mine with two different tones of green Nice. And before I move on, I just want to say thank you to you and Lauren. Lauren for, you know, letting me stay at her apartment um, and being so hospitable. And you and Lauren for bringing me McDonald's, which is one of my favorite things, in my literal happy place. Like, I was so excited to just introduce you to the people that I had met. Like, I really, really <laughs> it was. It was so was... fun to meet everyone and talk to everyone. Yeah. There was someone next to you from Brazil, I just want to say. Yes, Daniel. Yes. 
Yeah, we follow each other now. He That's was awesome. so cool. And okay. yeah, we went to Target together. Because uh, we had awesome. to get food. Yeah. It's random, but. <laughs> That's awesome. How are you? I'm so glad you had such a good experience. Well, Thanks. before I get into how I am, why don't you say what you're grateful for, and then I'll say my check in and what we're grateful for, because what I'm grateful for, because it will kind of go into what we're going to talk about today and what we're going to do on the show. Uh, okay, I'll say you and Lauren and okay. the people that I met in line. Because truly, that was, it was such an awesome, and Lady Gaga for putting that much effort. Like, she was on it. I love that. That's awesome. I'm glad we could be there because initially, like you said, your plan wasn't to camp out. You were just like, I'm going to no. check out the line and see how it is, and then I'll spend the night at Lauren's. But you went, and then you were like, okay, I can't leave the line, otherwise I lose my spot. I'm 27th. I can't lose this spot. And Lauren and I were like, you're crazy. But we knew that. Yes. (laughs) And then you met other crazy people like (laughs) me. We met other people. like, they exist. 26 of them were crazier than me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I just, we were just like, wow. So, I mean, that was the least we could do is bring you food. If you were going to camp out in the streets of Boston outside of Fenway. I mean, you like you said, Bad Bunny played there the night before. You got a free Bad Bunny concert, essentially. We heard we the listening. whole thing. I still don't know a single song by him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was really funny because people walking by were like, oh, who are you camping out for? Like, who are you waiting to see? And we started joking. We're like, let's make a different. I don't know if I already told you this. Let's come up with a different person every time and just yeah. get it, make it more obscure. So it started with like, oh, like Demi Lovato. And then it got to, we can cut this, but we don't have to either. It's like, oh, yeah, OJ Simpson. Like, just like oh just the most absurd, like Whitney Houston, um, just like the most <laughs> absurd people to be waiting for. Just if anybody who doesn't know Whitney Houston is no longer with us. Um, phenomenal voice, though. Yeah, you should but have yeah. been like Hillary Clinton. Yeah, right. Like just like <laughs> just make it more and more absurd. Someone someone also put $20 on a pillow and said, God bless, thinking that we were homeless. Oh, did you get yeah. the money back? Or to, I to, so I wasn't cause. I wasn't there. Not I didn't that know you this guys happened. aren't a good cause, but you know, like no, 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 no. I know, I know. I didn't know this happened. <laughs> I didn't know it happened until I saw it on Twitter. But the oh. girl who posted it, I was talking to when I was charging my phone in line. So okay, um, so I let's, learned that this happened after the fact. I was there. I just didn't know it happened. Let's say for the sake of hope and humanity, she gave it to someone else who needed it more than she did. Yeah, maybe I mean, she, she was a really nice it. person. I don't know. Let's see. She was a really nice person. Yeah. She looked like I, Britney Spears. Did she? Yeah. Another pop icon that you thought you were? Yeah. yeah. I, How are you? I'm good. <laughs> I, this week, am grateful for the podcast as well as, well, I'll just say the podcast because this week, I don't know if it's because we are once again going from a lax summer to a rigorous fall. Uh, oh, we are now. <laughs> I forgot about that. We haven't said that in a while. I've made it a point to not say that. year I, I think i said this last year if i didn't this time of year always gets me a little bit in my feels mm. and a little bit yeah melancholy so i think it's that I, i'm just i've been in my feels a lot recently and i think it might also have to do with the fact that like a lot of people are busy this time of year and with my broken mm. foot and being in between jobs i'm not as busy i mean what i'm busy doing is applying to grad schools which is like that's on my own timeline but right as i'm a procrastinator and because i'm lazy that doesn't occupy hours and hours on end of my day so Hmm. and with my foot like i said i can't do a lot i can't i usually go for bike rides or go for a run or i'd work for the furniture bank but i can't do that with my broken foot so i'm 
sitting watching more tv i'm mm. i'm not living a stationary life but it, it's just um i'm more limited in what i can do so so seeing everybody else live their lives and be busy around me i think has brought some of it on the weather recently we've gotten i mean this area has been in a really severe drought so the rain has been a blessing but i think the rain mm. and the clouds the overcast weather always gets me a little bit mm. off i don't know so yeah. i've been i've had a couple of a couple of uh not full mental health days or mental health battle days but more so just like bouts of being blue i'll say i don't know if that does that make sense yeah yeah so I think that's I think that's kind of what this episode is going to be about a little bit today. Um, it's going to be a different format than we've done before, um, and I'm thankful for the podcast. I guess I'll introduce it. I, I'm thankful for the podcast because the other day I was particularly feeling uh, off, and it was late. I was alone in my room. I couldn't really fall asleep. I needed I knew I needed to vent out my feelings one way or another. Um like as I mentioned it was late. I wasn't sure if any of my friends were awake. I didn't want to bother people if they were awake. I so I I just I decided sometimes I journal with this, but I decided, "Hey, I'm going to write a podcast episode. I'm just going to write a script for us to do or for for me to do or something." And it turned into not necessarily a script, but it turned into a letter. And I'm not really sure who it's written to, but I guess it's written to maybe you, Nick, maybe to Dan, maybe to anyone listening to this podcast. And so what we thought about doing is I'm just going to read this letter. Nick, I don't know. Have you have you read this letter before? I knew you had access or heard it or I intentionally did not read this letter because I thought that it would be more impactful if I heard it for the first time from you. So I have it up on my screen, but I haven't um, looked at it. And this will be the first time that I hear it as well. Okay. So, Yeah, so I thought I wrote this letter. Um, it turned into a letter. I thought it was going to be an episode script, but it turned into a letter. And I'm going to read it. And then I guess the rest of the episode, I, I will just hear Nick's real reaction to the to the letter it's the first time hearing it and we'll just have a conversation about it and i hope maybe you can resonate with it but i don't know this was it was kind of therapeutic moment for me to just vent out my feelings vent what i was experiencing both in that moment but also in general at the stage of my life as taking in different identities that i have and just kind of being like this is how i feel and that's that. So this is going to be very, I'm going to be very vulnerable here, um, which is scary. Uh, but I'm comfortable with this podcast to be vulnerable. But nonetheless, it is still scary. Um, Just remember, we have that edit button. Yeah, we have, so we could always edit it. No, but I want we call this him to Dan. Be, yeah, exactly. I want this to be as, um, lack of a better phrase, uh, raw and um, unedited as possible mm. because i feel like people hopefully maybe can relate to what i was feeling in that moment what i am continuing to feel also like i said i don't know if i didn't know how we were going to present this i knew i wanted to record this at some point i didn't know if i would publish it or not so the writing is a little funny i don't know if it's like i'm giving i don't know if i wrote it like i'm going to give a speech or if I was trying to be funny and maybe at two o'clock in the morning, I'm not really that funny. So when we get to those points, I'm going to do my best to do, you know, voice acting <laughs> and you know, asking rhetorical questions and whatnot. But friends, Romans, countrymen. I yeah, is that, lend me your, lend me your ears. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is ye Justin from thy point of view, you know? It's like <laughs> yes. Um, yes. So yeah, I guess without further ado, no point uh actually pun intended very much right there i've um, been waiting to say it <laughs> let's let's just get right into it and pun intended there too and oh i didn't even get that one <laughs> i i i'm not registered trying. these aren't these aren't intended actually but you know i'm trying to sound funny but let's all right here we go so um yeah hey all it's justin 
We're nearing that time of year again where one might say we're moving from a lax summer to a more rigorous fall, and I've been feeling a lot of emotions lately. My first reaction has been to put on a smile and say I'm good when people ask how I am, but my better instincts are pushing me to talk about what I'm feeling. I have to be honest, every episode, I strive to be as genuine and authentic as possible. And I think that's true about 98% of the time. I'll leave myself two percentage points as my margin of error. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm becoming a character or something. But I don't always take my own advice when it comes to what I'm feeling. It's not that I don't talk about my emotions with my support system, like my family and friends. It's more so that I don't allow myself the time or the space to process what I'm feeling at a given moment. This isn't always applicable, though. Like, sometimes I may not need the time to process, and I know right away what I'm feeling and why I'm feeling the way that I am, or put another way, what provoked that specific emotion that I'm feeling in a given moment. Other times, my feelings are more complex responses to equally complex scenarios that I'm facing. With these, I'm finding that I may need to actually pause and set aside some intentional time to process what I'm feeling in order to understand and name what it is I'm feeling and figure out why I'm feeling that way. What's harder with these scenarios is that sometimes I can't specifically point to why I'm feeling a certain way. It's easy to name the emotion or the emotions that I'm experiencing, but it's harder to answer the why question. I bring this idea to people in my support system sometimes. You know what they tell me? You don't have to know why. Isn't that crazy? You know how hard that is to hear as someone with a type A personality, to hear you don't have to know why you're feeling a certain way. Like, okay, I understand what they're trying to say. Don't put so much pressure on yourself to identify why you might be feeling this way, Justin. Allow yourself the freedom to just feel. Trust your emotions. They're there to guide you. Actually, now that I mention it, I've definitely said these exact words to my own circle of friends and family. But it's so much harder to put this into practice for myself. I want to know why so that I can understand what caused me to feel the feeling so that I can learn what makes me feel what so I can prepare myself for how different life events will impact me in the future. That's all. Is that so much to ask? It turns out, yes. Yes, it is. Sometimes you can't prepare yourself for what life throws at you, no matter how much you try. An example of that recently is when I broke my foot. Initially, when I broke it, it was more of an, ow, that hurt, okay, I wonder what this is, let's try and, you know, my problem-solving brain kicked in, let me try and figure out what, what's going on, and then I realized, okay, my foot's broken, the doctor's like, you're in a boot for six weeks, okay. But as I sat with that, I realized, crap, this is going to affect my new job, and how much will it affect my new job? Will I be able to drive? How will it affect my mobility? I've been doing a lot of traveling recently. Um, if I need to travel for my job or if I want to travel for leisure, am I going to be able to do that? If I had crutches, which I later found out I didn't have to depend on them, how will my life be changed for these next, I don't know, extended period of time where my foot was broken? Initially, it was, ow, my foot hurt. But then, as I was able to process those emotions, more and more things came up. I've never broken a foot before, so how was I supposed to know how to emotionally react to it? Even though I sometimes think that I am, I'm not just some kind of database that has hundreds and thousands of possible scenarios stored with a recipe of how to feel if each one happens. In fact, I think that is one of the main distinctions between humans and computers, no matter how advanced technology seems to be getting and how fast AI is developing. I don't think that computers will ever be able to understand the gravity, the, the, the depth, the spectrum of emotions that humans can feel to different and react to different scenarios. I think another reason I struggle with sharing my emotional human experience is that I have a fear of bringing those around me in my support system down with me when I'm feeling negatively. If I'm feeling excited, glad, or giddy, I will happily, pun fully intended, share those feelings with those around me because they say smiles are contagious. 
Well, for the exact same reason that they say smiles are contagious, I get self-conscious about sharing my negative feelings I might be experiencing. If they're having a great day, why should I bring them down with what I'm feeling? I think to myself. If I do end up sharing how I'm feeling, it comes with a tremendous amount of guilt. I don't know if it's part of how I was raised being Catholic. You know, they say that there's that Catholic guilt that comes with uh, that, particular faith, uh, that particular faith tradition. Um, it could be attributed to a lot of different things. It could be just my personality. But I don't want to bring other people down. And if I do share, I feel guilty for letting them know that I'm not feeling great. Like I'm putting a burden on them. This is more true if I open up to a friend or a significant other and less true if I open up to a family member. I, actually, now that I'm saying this, I wonder why that is. We'll probably have to investigate that in a later episode. Um, but anyway, an additional obstacle for me is if members of my support, support system appear to already be going through something of their own or something is stressing the individual out already. Why would I want to add to their stresses, right? I think they don't want to hear about my experience right now. They're going through their own thing. Just keep it to yourself and you won't have to worry about accumulating on top of their pile of stressors. The problem with this is I'm not very good at hiding how I'm feeling. In other words, I kind of wear my heart on my sleeve. If I'm happy, anyone can tell. If something is bothering me, you can so easily see it in my body language. And when the eventual what's wrong or what's going on question comes and I say I'm fine by the way in my opinion fine never means fine it's so obvious to the person asking the question that I'm not fine when this comes up I have to remember that if the person I'm venting to truly cares about me it won't matter what I share or when I come to them they will hear me out and respect what I have to say the only caveat I believe there is to that person who cares respecting what they have to say and hearing them out in a given moment is if the listener is truly in a bad headspace or their bandwidth is just maxed out where they can't, where a person can say, listen, I hear you. I don't think I can support you in the way that you need right now. Is there anyone else in your support system available to potentially be there for you in this moment? Or something along those lines, right? We, I think, Nick, you and I have been in those situations where someone has come to us and maybe we're just not in the right headspace to be there for them in that moment. I know that I have. For sure. I have too. So what should I do when I feel emotions then? If I feel guilty, if I'm going to share them with friends, but also that's kind of like the right thing to do, right? Is to, to vent them out. Or if I need to process, process and then vent. Well, I've learned that sometimes I can talk to people right away about how something made me feel, but other times I need that intentional space to process. Chances are, no matter what happened to me, I'll eventually be able to open up uh, to you or to other people and talk about it at some point. As I've said before on the show, my motto is I'm an open book if you care to read it. But sometimes it takes me a little longer to get to that point and maybe have my thoughts written out. As you all know by now, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. And so hearing people tell me that humans aren't perfect and that imperfection is inherently a human characteristic is hard for me to accept. However, keeping this in mind and adding that my emotions and my emotional experiences are also imperfect is a liberating thought. I can feel what I do freely, tell people about them when I'm ready, and if they care about me and are able to empathize, it should be a positive experience. I shouldn't feel guilty for what I'm feeling, and I should trust my emotions. I'm not a computer or a database of cached scenarios and reactions. I have weird, accurate, natural, random feelings. But don't we all? One of the greatest things about sharing the human experience amongst each other is that we share in the weirdness of being human. Emotions are strange, they're scary, and they're exhilarating all at the same time. It's kind of the reason why I'm interested in going to the field of psychology and talking with people about the emotions that they are feeling from different moments. Although when I take the mirror and look at that side of myself, 
like I said, that can be scary, exhilarating, and strange all at the same time. <laughs> There's no one correct way to deal with them, and they may strike at any given moment. However, what brings me comfort when I'm feeling a bit sentimental is remembering that I'm not alone in my human experience. My family, my friends, Nick, Dan, you listening, we're all beings who can get upset at the smallest thing, but are also sincerely can be sincerely moved by that same thing on the flip of a coin. That common experience, that shared imperfection, it's really what brings us together as a human race. And it's really what makes us one big emotional family. Anyway, that's all I have at for now. But thanks for listening, Point of Dupe. I was going to say, I was waiting for that last part. I was like, are you going to say it or am I jumping in here? <laughs> when he's deep, <laughs> we love. For those who graduated Loyola, um, when Nick and I were talking about this, we were saying how this kind of is like our, um, like an even song, which basically was there would be a, a, a leader of even song, like a student leader, and they would write a reflection. And it would be kind of in this type of vein where they would just reflect on the readings and whatever and everyone would listen but um it kind of reminds me of that but yeah what were your <laughs> yeah so when you said that in the car when i was driving home i was like oh i completely forgot about even song but i totally agree um i first before i like go into the content i was impressed at how you read that at a pace that wasn't rushed rushed i guess Oh, thanks. Um, because I feel like a lot of times people, when they read stuff like that, it's like, you don't mean to, but it's like, uh, like it's just like awkward. So you're like, I want to get through this, like, or you just feel like you're like taking too much time. I don't know, but that that is an important skill, um, and I feel like it's one that not a lot of people have. So thank you. Good on Good you. Good on me. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that yes. though. Seriously. Yeah, of course. Um. I yeah, there were definitely pieces that I resonated with. I'm just scrolling to the top of it to be honest. Um, I I think everybody. I mean, I don't know this for sure, so I shouldn't generalize or over. I shouldn't assume. Um, I throw that I'm good out all the time, and I could be doing horribly. And I'm like, I'm good. How are you? You know, like it's like because you don't want to be like, I'm doing terrible. How are you? Like I do that on here. A, when that you either ask sounds me how I'm doing. Like I, I, what? I, I like when you ask me in the beginning of every episode how I'm doing, I feel like almost instinctually I'll say I'm good. I think I did this yeah. in this episode before being like, well, really, I've been down in the dumps. Well, yeah, because we're on a timeline. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're, the clock is ticking and that's why we do that. No, I'm kidding. I think but honestly, I think we've done a good job of being very um, open about that. Like sometimes, like you said, like it's just like a, a knee jerk reaction. Um, but other times, like, I do feel like I've been, like, and you too, I've been like, oh, I had a really difficult week. But I will say, it's interesting, because even when I say that, I feel like I'm, like, either being dramatic or, like, lo like it looks like I'm looking for sympathy because we have, you know, an audience. Or I just picture certain people hearing it and being like, really? So even when we're intentionally, you know, being real with with ourselves on here it comes at a not a cost but like a there's definitely an awkwardness to it yeah so i understand why at least on here sometimes why? but I'm like good. even even when like i said in the in the letter my body language i i don't i have a tell right like i am either smiling a tail no a tell a tell <laughs> it's like not a what? tail a tell i thought that was a metaphor no, no, for no. like i'm like <laughs> I show my emotions. No, no, no. I have a tell, right? Like, I, if I'm not yeah. smiling, chances are I'm not. And we've also talked about here, like, if I haven't shaved, that's, like, sometimes a thing. But also that could be laziness. But mm -hmm. my, I wear my heart on my sleeve, and my body language oftentimes reflects how I'm feeling emotionally. And when people text me, if I show that in a Snapchat, or if my, whoever I'm with is, like, what's up you doing okay or like you ever been with in a group of people and then someone you're with will just like text you to not to be more subtle just like hey what's up like you look you know i'll always say i'm fine mm -hmm. or i'm good or even if i tell them i oftentimes find that i don't want to get into it right away 
I feel like those are the scenarios where I'm like, um, I need the process. Like, the real time, like, this just happened. I need to process. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So my reasoning, so I'm hearing that you are saying that you don't want to burden people. That was one of the things you said. And then also you need time to process. Um, I can resonate with the, I mean, I can resonate with both of them, to be honest. Um, I feel that when I'm really low, it's because I'm like dealing with dark topics, right? So like we, I feel like when you're, that makes sense. When you're your lowest, you're not thinking like roses and rainbows. So at that point, I feel like I can't talk to anyone about it because people won't understand. Mm. Um, and that's usually, of course, related to OCD. And I always snap out of it. Um, I always end up feeling happy again when I, when I think that, oh, this, I will never get back to feeling happy. Um, but so that's one of the reasons that I will be like, oh, it's, are you joking? Hello? <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't win. We don't, even ha- we don't even have a home phone. Like, we don't have a home phone. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold that, on. Yeah, and, like, also, you don't want to burden people, like... but like I don't like know, you're I think, burdening people. Right, well, I think my thing, like, my first reasoning, also, I'm literally putting lotion on my face. <laughs> so, if you're wondering what I'm doing, that's, that's what I'm doing. Um, no one else can see me, just Justin, but... I think the burdening, the reason that I gave for not wanting to share the first time when I'm like being that, you know, when I'm not doing well, it's because I'm so low. Um, I think that sometimes not outweighs the burden part for me, but it's more like, oh, I didn't even think about burdening people because I wasn't even going to share in the first place, Mm. you know? Um, But I am also someone at the same time that doesn't want to annoy people, you know? Or make them right frustrated, uh. But yeah, and also like I said, sometimes it's just awkward. It's like, how are you doing? Like if my supervisor asked how I'm doing, I would be like, oh, not so good, because I don't want to talk about it with right. my supervisor. You right. There's I mean? certain people that you just want to be like, yeah, I'm good, and move on. Right. Uh, right. Um. It's not someone in your support system. Um. Right. Something that I realized I didn't talk about in the letter is I talked about guilt about bringing about sharing an emotion, which mm-hmm. that's definitely true. But sometimes I guilt myself for just feeling an emotion. Do you ever have that experience? Yes. Yes, I have had that experience. Like if you're annoyed with someone. Um. Yeah, that's a perfect example. Like if you're annoyed with someone yeah. or someone did something that rubbed you the wrong way and you have an emotional response to it. Like I guilt myself for having that emotional response because i should i i make myself think oh you should cut them some slack you should have more patience with them like you're not you're not being compassionate enough or empathetic to what they're going through you shouldn't like stop don't feel the way that you're feeling when my emotional response we've we've said on here before that like although someone might have good intent, their impact they have might be different than their intent, right? And so whatever that person right. did to annoy you or to upset you, or I'll say me, to annoy me or to upset me, I feel like the a psychologist, again, I'm not a psychologist, but might say the impact that that action or whatever that, that caused the emotional response is completely valid. My own response sometimes is, why are you feeling that way? Cut your, like cut them some slack. Give them more patience. Yeah, well, there, that's where I would say, like, feelings aren't facts. And this is something that I've, I didn't know any of this um, reasoning when, like, there was a time that I specifically remember that I was, like, annoyed with someone or had, like, a mean thought or something about someone freshman year of college. And I was like, wow, I'm a horrible, horrible person. And it wasn't, like, a bad thing. It was literally just, like, oh, they're, like annoying or i thought something was funny that someone said about someone that i didn't laugh at i just was like oh haha and i was like wow you're a terrible person um i didn't have the logic back then or i wasn't taught the reasoning of well feelings aren't facts and thoughts do not equal actions um so like you're not going to be able to control what you think i that's something that at least in 
my experience, but I've just learned that through my, um, what you think or what you feel. Yes. Yes. Honestly, I don't (laughs) think you can control either because it's kind of like the thing where it's like, oh no, I can control what I think. And it's like, okay, well, if you tell yourself not to think something, you're going to think something. Right. Um, it's kind of like thinking of primal brain. Yeah. Don't think of the pink elephant. Well, what am I thinking about right now? A pink elephant. Um, but I'm getting kind of a little bit off topic. Um, I, but my point being, I don't think we can control what we think. I really, really don't. Um, we can control how we react to it. Um, and we don't pay attention to what we think every day. Like we have millions and millions and millions of thoughts and we don't necessarily give all of them attention, but like once you start, like, for example, like, oh, why did I think that about that person? Or why did I, why am I um, lacking patience for that person today? Something must be wrong with me. When you could literally be, like, you know, not taking it out on them, right? Like, you might be, like, being kind to them, and then you're beating yourself up. It's just like, but what was your action? Um, And what was your thought? And it's not that you're being fake, because, like, I think that, say you're annoyed with someone, and you still treat them well. I don't think that's being fake. I think that's staying true to your values, and I think that's real. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I want to bring up the introverted-extroverted idea to this conversation as well, too, because... I did, too. As an extrovert, I think people oftentimes process... And this is something that when I was writing this, I was like, oh, I'll get to it. But then it got later, and I got lazy, I guess. Mm -hmm. But as an extrovert, oh, you want to process externally, process my feelings. Well, it, for, for me, at least, it still depends on a case-by-case basis. Some things I want to process with other people, and I figure out how I'm feeling as I'm talking it out. Other things, I go more inward, and I be like, okay, I got to write it out. I got to journal it. I got to do something else to kind of react to a situation, and then I can share. But you, 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 I think you said last episode that you said you're an introvert. Is that different for you and how you process your emotions? Yeah, honestly, I think introvert and extrovert are too simple. Like, they're just labels at the end of the day. I think we're all just human and we process some things internally. We process other things externally. I process process a lot with my mom. Like, I Mm. tell her, like, I vent to her a lot. Um, but that in a way to me is like almost introverted. Cause it's like in the same way that you, I, this was something you mentioned in your, um, letter where it said, I feel less guilty sharing at home and with my family than I do with friends. And it's just kind of like, I see, at least for me, I see my family as like an extension of me. We live in the same house. Um, they've known me my whole life. So there's no real, like there's, of course you can be ashamed like in front of your family or whatever, but like, there's no... I'm not trying to please them, if that makes sense. Like, I'm not like, oh, did I offend you? Like, it's it's my sister or my mom or my dad. Like, it's like, if I'm, I don't, this doesn't sound horrible, but for lack of a better term, I'm not like, am I burdening them? Like, are they? what are they going to think of me? You know what I mean? Because I already know what they think of me. I live with them. Right. And it's also, your family's not necessarily going to, I mean, we both have, let's just name, we both have good relationships with our family. We, right. Our families aren't going to leave us but there's always the possibility that our friends or our significant others could leave us right based on what we share if we say the wrong thing so i think that that might play a role too that's just me spitballing here i don't know if that no no i i I totally agree and that but that brings in like that's like your inner innermost circle so it's like that's kind of in a way in my opinion, I don't consider that extroverted to be like share, you know, processing. Right. And that's what I mean by like, yes, I would consider myself an introvert in the way that I process and gain, not process, excuse me, I um, recharge by being alone, but they're just words at the end of the day. And I think we're all a little of both. Yeah. I think it's more of a fraction of how much you are versus being solidly extroverted or solidly for sure. And who's to say for sure either people change, you know, right. they're literally just, there's no, that I know of like quantitative um, measure of it. Like there are tests you can take and there's like, you know, INFJ or whatever, but like you answer questions and yeah, there's like, they're subjective though. The way you answer them are like, even though like, oh, very true or strongly agree or strongly disagree. It's all subjective. Right. The other thing that I think is interesting for me at least is. I 
always say I'm an open book if you care to read it. And that, I mentioned that in the letter, and that applies to my emotions as well. Like I mm-hmm. like trying to be as transparent as I can with my social circles and with family and with friends and with everybody. But I find that with my emotions sometimes, it will take someone very simply just asking me, how are you? Mm-hmm. I won't just share. Like if, if we're just talking on the phone or if I'm talking with someone else on the phone, that person has to ask me how I'm doing. I'm not just going to be like, so by the way, I've been feeling really crappy today and here's right. why. Right. Yeah. It takes someone else to kind of provoke it and then I'll share it too. Which honestly, I don't know how many people would just out of nowhere be like, yeah, today. So I was feeling really shitty, and you know, like I don't know if that's yeah, <laughs> right. It's it's, it's a, a little weird thing to be like. Let's keep that in because because in a way, yeah. I mean, this is getting super meta, but society is like hide your negative, externalize your positive. Mm-hmm. But um, oh, I was just gonna. You just made me think of something. Um, oh shoot, and I forget what it was. It was like along the lines of. Oh, the open, open book. If you book care to thing. read it, I don't know if this was. It's another like generalization. Nothing's gonna be perfect. You know what I mean? Like it's like I'm an open book, and like yeah, that's true. But like, I don't know. I just it's interesting to me. A good story has ups and downs. Yeah, we're also walking contradictions. All of us. Yeah. Like is you know like, um, yeah. That's why I thought it was really interesting when you were like, I consider myself like ninety eight percent you know, authentic on here. And then I give myself that 2% for error, um, <laughs> that like buffer. And then you talked about the character, which I don't know if we've talked about on here yet, but I guess we can go there. Um, I think we did a little bit. I, yeah, I think the first both... episode of 2022, we might've talked about that or or one of the episodes in 2022. Yeah. Well, we both have felt a little bit like we've fallen into, not fallen into, cause I don't think this is a bad thing. Caricatures of ourselves that we play on this show. So like I made a joke once saying that I was fruity and now I've just ran with it. You know, I've kind of, sure. you know, I've kind of molded this persona of like, I don't know, kind of like just blurts out whatever I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like a very like crass person on here, which I don't know, maybe that's me in real life, but like we, this kind of goes back to our conversation in episode 19, I'm sorry, episode 11, um, didn't get it wrong, uh, about the masks. You have different personalities, and I think we've formed subsects of our personalities on this show. Absolutely. Because and I don't think they're, they're not unreal, like they're not fake. They're, no. We come on here and we talk exactly... Not at all. And the reality is we record once a week for an hour. That's right. not going to be a clear lens of who we are. You might oh, get glimpses, of course. but that's yeah, not going of to be. I mean, we've done, this is episode 51. So we've done a little over 51 hours of this episode, of this show. You, I hope by now, if you've listened to all 51, you have a glimpse of who we are as people but it's never going to right. be like exactly here's who nick is here's who justin is because really you can't like, you can't capture that in an hour you can't capture that hours. ever i don't <laughs> think we would if if we could capture that um We'd ourselves well yes that <laughs> and also you would have mastered life, life i feel like yeah. What's the point of, you know what I mean? If you're not learning more about yourself and making, like, that is the human experience, which, look, it all ties back. I'm, I should be a philosopher. <laughs> well, I think that's a great place to end because I think we, we tied it together. I think this was a great conversation. Thank you for letting me be vulnerable and of course. Uh, letting me, allowing me the space to kind of share that letter. I don't really, I didn't really know, like I said, I didn't really know what it was going to become of it when I was writing it I just kind of wrote so I'm glad that we were able to kind of talk this out and that it resonated with at least you and hopefully it resonates with some of our listeners and maybe they can reach out but I'm glad that I was able to do that and I think yeah this was a really I really felt that um I don't know what the right word like that spark in the connection where I've just like felt like really connected to 
to the topic. Um, yeah. And very thoughtful. The passion. So. You know? <laughs> yes. But. By the way, speaking of passion, um, episode 41 guest, Maraid, James, point of James, is not a passion fruit, but a dragon fruit. Yes, we, we did mess that, that up in the last episode. I'm so sorry, sorry Maraid. Maraid. You are a dragon fruit, not a passion fruit. Although you did say your second choice would have been passion fruit. So mm-hmm. just kidding. That was completely our mistake. You we see you for the dragon fruit you are. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, I'm glad that we were able to do this. I hope listeners were able to resonate with this. I like having deep talk, and I feel like that's what this was. I know. So. Yeah, it was. Thank you for it. Was it was great. You know, you're so welcome. <laughs>